This is the WHL This Week Radio Edition, presented by the Western Hockey League. Here's your host, John Keane. Hey, welcome to the show. We are closing in on the WHL trade deadline. We've already seen some big moves. The Edmonton Oil Kings are active again. General Manager Kurt Hill has already sealed two big moves and is again a major player at the deadline. He'll join us to talk about the state of the Oil Kings and more insight on his two moves. Canada off to a great start at the World Juniors as the WHL talent shines early. We'll have an update from Gothenburg, Sweden. And Kelowna Rockets forward Tej Ginla picked up the Tempo WHL Player of the Week honor just before the break. Him and his younger brother Joe will be featured the next few years. Teej will join us to wrap up the show. First up. Well, many perhaps thought the WHL trade deadline was earlier this week, but it's not. It's January 10th across the league. And one general manager of an organization got involved with a pair of moves, uh, significant moves this week with both Seattle and the uh, Moose Jaw Warriors. That is Kurt Hill of the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, Kurt, thanks for taking time to be on WHL this week. I have to ask you, did you think the deadline was was Wednesday? Well, you know, I, I, I guess at a point there, you're like, holy smokes, things are happening quick here. But uh, um, yeah, I know exciting times for organization and nice to get a, get a couple of big deals, uh, you know, done that I think is going to help us moving forward here as a team. Yeah. What was the focus uh, in the pair of deals here for the Oil Kings? We all know where you're at uh, in your cycle, two years removed from a WHL championship. So, so what are you trying to do there with the team? Well, you know, being able to evaluate us the first half of the season, you know, it was pretty evident to me that we needed to add more in our top six, top line. Like we need somebody to drive a little bit more and bring that real competitiveness, you know, to the game every night. And when we got word that um, Grayson Sochin was going to be a player that was potentially going to be available, you know, that really sparked a significant interest from us and him being a guy that could be, you know, a top line player for the rest of this season and next year, with all the young, talented guys we have currently on our team and coming in, you know, we just really felt he could be a guy that could really lead that forward group here, uh, you know, kind of going forward. His younger brother, uh, Lucas Sauchin, is part of this deal. He's currently in the USHL. Is there a belief that you can recruit him and get him into Edmonton? Well, I think it's, there's going to be conversations, obviously. Like, right now, he's committed to, to being in Chicago uh, for the year. And then, you know, like anything at the end of the season, um, we'll have those conversations with him and see um, what he wants to do. He's not committed to a school yet, although, you know, schools are obviously talking to him and that's going to be a reality that that's an option for him. But, um, you know, we we believe in our program and the development we have to offer players here. And uh, all we can do is really show him and and the family what that is for him next season and, see if he wants to come in and and be an oil king but uh, I mean they're certainly going to have first-hand knowledge now with Grayson being here for for the next half season and uh, they're they're going to know what our program's all about. Also made a deal with the Moose Jaw Warriors here Wojtek Port really good defenseman two-year guy uh, Czechia imports situation moved to Moose Jaw really the centerpiece of that deal but uh, you get some assets back uh, what was the how did this one come together against a Warriors team that has made now a couple of, of big moves this season? Yeah, you know, when Jason uh, Ripplinger and I had had conversations on on um, Voitech and he really wanted to, to add a D to his mix and he had been asking me about him, um, you know, and things probably expedited a little bit quicker than I would have thought they would having, you know, us being in conversations on the Sachin trade. I just, as an organization, you know, we 
we're still retooling or rebuilding, whatever you want to call it here a little bit. And I didn't want to, you know, give up significant assets without uh, recouping some back. And, um, you know, so it was the picks got to the point where I really felt good about what we were recouping back and what we were giving up for Sachin to kind of, to balance it off a little bit. And, uh, you know, it, it ended up happening a little bit quicker with uh, Voitech, unfortunately having an injury in the prelims in the world juniors and, and not being able to take part in that tournament. So it, uh, you know, this deal was able to happen with him kind of being out of that tournament, obviously. I think it's been fascinating with the Oil Kings. You know, you've been at the centerpiece now of, I guess, three WHL trade deadlines, right? If you want to go back to, you know, picking up Justin Sordiff and Caden Gooley, uh, part of that 2022 run uh, last year, um, recouping some of those picks uh, with major moves once again and in the centerpiece of it all here again. Is that the goal? Is that something that you've strived to be, or has it just kind of played out that way, or have you been just aggressive to say, you know, we're we're really going to try to speed up the rebuild or the retool? You know, like early on, it was I was pretty quiet in the market. Like I think the first kind of couple years um, when we were going through the deadlines, it's like the biggest deal we made was when we made the uh, Josh Williams and Brett Kemp deal and brought Josh Williams to Edmonton, and he was a big part of our group there when we went to the Memorial Cup and that, but. Um, you know, I think the year of COVID, we had a really good team and we played that bubble year and not having that opportunity to add players or for that group to go and win. You know, that next year, I really felt like I owed it to the neighbors and those guys that had been in that locker room for those the three years that I had been there to, to add significant pieces for them. And that's where the pro cop, Gooley and sort of deals end up happening to give them every chance that I could to win. And um, you know, credit to them, they did. We didn't win the Memorial Cup, but we have a league championship for that. And then, you know, the reality of us doing that a year late was going to be that we were going to probably have to trade a significant amount of players away to recoup whatever we could. And that's where, you know, last year we end up being kind of at the center of it again, I guess, with some big moves. And then this year, um, you know, to say that I wanted to be at the center of it, I don't think that was the case. But, you know, I also didn't start the year thinking that Grayson Sachin was going to be a player that was going to be available being at 2005 and that's where um, when he was we got pretty aggressive on it and wanted to get it done to get him to Edmonton. You've recouped those picks and have multiples now uh, in the years ahead a multiple first moving forward uh, a couple of extra seconds and some thirds uh, so you've done a good job of, of stocking the covers but let's look at on the ice it's been a tough you know couple of years there uh, a 10-win season last year maybe you expected a little bit more out of your team this year um, but injuries <laughs> were unbelievable in the first half for your group here so you've got some foundational pieces here uh, right now Kurt where, where, what's the state of the Oil Kings organization? You know, we're we're happy with where we're at right now. Obviously, we want to be further along and winning games um, more consistently. But I think at the end of the day, right now, we have 10 wins. We've matched our win total from last season. So that's a huge, huge positive for our group. And, you know, the first half this year was, like you said, the injuries were incredible. Like, there was points where I had 30 guys on our in Edmonton on our roster. Like, it was like having six, seven guys out long-term um, it's hard to plan for anything like that, but that was the reality of it. And with that came some struggles on the ice. And uh, at times I was trying to figure out our goaltending situation as well that, uh, you know, we had some struggles with. But um, in regards to where our team's at right now, I really like, you know, our young decor that we have right now. Our 2006s are extremely strong. And um, Blake Fiddler is coming along just like we thought he would. And then up front, um, you know, we have some 
some players there that I think are going to be stars in the WHL and, you know, Gavin Hodnett, Adam Jekko, and now Sachin adding out to that mix. And I really like our complimentary group there too, that supports them with some scoring. So I do like the shape and the mold that we are starting to create here. And, uh, you know, I think we're, we're going to take some pretty big strides here in the second half of the season. Not to mention a pretty good 15-year-old who will be a full-time player next year in Joe Aginla. We have uh, Teach coming up later on the show. So uh, that's a good piece moving forward. We're, what, just shy of two weeks away from the trade deadline. We've seen some some moves. We believe there's more major moves to come. Uh, when you're kicking tires and, and taking calls, uh, are prices still kind of where we've been at the last couple of years? Or do you think they've they've slid a little bit? I certainly think for the if you're going to go after if you want to call them the A you know the A plus player those really high end guys I I believe that the prices are you know they're going to be what they've been the last three years like you're probably looking at potentially adding two first round picks to land one of those guys which you know teams that are going for it I I truly do believe that they're they're going to do that but um, you know maybe some of those secondary pieces the prices aren't going to go crazy. I don't know if there's going to be bidding wars between teams that much where, you know, the the more second, third line guys or second pair D-men are, are going for first round picks in that. But, um, you know, I certainly do think those those high-end players are going to be uh, significant prices here once, uh, you know, once we zone in on the 10th. And you've been through it before, and and there's nothing like you know the trade deadline and a, and a few teams loading up that that really energizes that team's fan base, right? Like uh, some moves start coming in, fans start getting really excited. We've seen it around the league, uh, and you've been on the part where you've been adding back in 2022. Like this can be a, a lot of fun for a team's uh, fan base to to get behind and start having maybe that dream of a WHL championship. Well, it certainly is, and it's. Um... Yeah, the fan bases again for for some organizations that uh, go through tough times and or just haven't haven't had a lot of playoff success. When you start adding pieces and it, it starts to put you start to put your team together and being a real contender, it is it is very exciting. And again, for our group, even this week to be able to add a um, you know one of the stars of the league, a significant player, um, you know, for our fan base that it's been a couple tough. Tough year and a half here of going through what we've been going through, and it's uh, it can definitely re-energize them, not only them, but re-energize your team. And for those teams that are going to be going for it, I mean, when you add significant pieces, it's uh, it shows the team your commitment as a as an organization, as a manager, as a coaching staff that you believe in them to win, and that can that can be what pushes them over the top at the end of the day. Well, you've had some some fascinating moves the last number of years, a couple of big ones already. Uh, I know you're scouting the Circle K uh, tournament in Calgary, so we'll let you get back to that as the process continues. Uh, Kurt, appreciate your time here on WHL this week, and have a great second half of your season. Yeah, thanks, John. We'll see you in Kamloops later, later next week. From the drop of the puck to the Edge Chanel Cup, this is the WHL This Week Radio Edition. Team Canada, led by WHL talent, is off to a good start at the IIHF World Juniors in Sweden. And gathers up a rolling puck for Savoy. Lead pass, Miss Geeky. Geeky gathers it back up, walks in, and scores. Wow. The big guy can really skate. He really can. 
Connor Geeky scored twice as Canada improved to 2-0 early in Group A play with a convincing win over Latvia. Geeky's line mate in Wenatchee, Matt Savoy, with two assists in the game. Team Canada captain Fraser Minton of the Saskatoon Blades says it was a solid win. It's good. Um, sometimes those games are a little hard to stay in and uh, stay focused throughout, but uh, you know, I thought our third was the best right out of the gate there, and uh, it's nice to put up double digits and get everyone scoring, everyone feeling good. A Minton looking forward to the day off between games. Maybe got to see our families for a bit. and haven't uh, seen them too much over the holidays here, so uh, that'll be nice. And then uh, it'll be rocking here Friday night, I'm sure, against uh, the home crowd here. Moose Jaw Warriors captain Denton Matejchuk is getting an increased role in the tournament, being leaned on as Canada's top defender. He's sharing the ice with fellow Manitoban Connor Geeky. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah, whenever I get to share the ice with him, it's an absolute honor. And you know, I've I've known him pretty much my whole life, played against him or played with him. So it's uh, yeah, it's very special to play with him. And yeah, just going to try and enjoy it. Meanwhile, Canada's head coach Alan Latang has been able to use all his players and spread the minutes out early in the event. I think that's that that's the, been the key this whole this whole tournament, right? We're going to rely on it, and, we're, and we understand that you know the next game and the, the games upcoming, we're we're really going to need it, and everyone's got to be going, and everyone's got to feel sharp, and everyone's got to feel crisp. So so it was important to continue to you know play our, our four lines and continue to get guys going in, in the right direction. Latang knows the big games ahead against Sweden, New Year's Eve against Germany, and the playoff round lie ahead. And we have a bigger picture in mind, right? So that was that was important to stick stick to our game plan and and stick to uh, you know the things we want to do. Those little habits. There's a couple of real good tracks that led to turnovers, that led to some scoring chances and some goals. So and then we locked it down defensively, which was which was the big thing. Usually in those games, everyone wants their wants their points and wants their cookies, but the the guys settled in for for Roos there. It was real good. Team Canada features seven players from the WHL. However, Saskatoon Blades defenseman Tanner Molendyke was injured earlier and will be unable to play for Canada moving forward. The Western Hockey League Player of the Week. Before the Christmas break, Kelowna Rockets forward T.J. Ginla was named the Tempo WHL Player of the Week. He helped Kelowna to a trio of wins on their Eastern road trip in the final week of the first half. He picked up nine points and now has 25 goals on the season heading into the weekend. Rockets head coach Chris Millette says it's just clicked for T.J. this season in Kelowna. Yeah, I mean, opportunity, right? Playing double the ice time that he was last year on a real hard team like in Seattle. So obviously playing uh, twice as much, given a lot of opportunity on the power play and special teams, I should say, and five on five. So getting a good opportunity. Kid's a shooter. Kid's got an elite shot. So uh, real happy with his production thus far, obviously. And I spoke with T.J. Ginla as his team began the second half on the road in Kamloops. Okay, TJ Ginla, let's chat about it. Uh, first half's in the books. Your your second season in the WHL. Things seemingly coming together for you pretty good. 25 goals. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, team's doing well and we're having fun as a group, so I want to keep keep that going uh, towards the second half for sure. You had a great road trip to close out the first half, not only you know as a team but individually as well. You played some close games, some dramatic finishes on that road trip here for you. What was that experience like for you? Yeah, uh, those games are, are fun when uh, it's going down to the wire. One goal is big and tight games, winning tight games is a lot of fun. It's probably one of the most fun things in hockey to win a close game. So it was, uh, it was a lot of fun and we had good success as a team through the road trip. It led to you being the Tempo WHL Player of the Week. Was there one moment in that road trip? Was it maybe you know, the late tying goal in Saskatoon or, or what was it for you that you'll remember from that swing? Uh, 
Yeah, the, the end of it, beating Saskatoon in, in overtime was pretty cool there. They're a good team. They're doing well. And then uh, another cool moment, I think, was uh, Prince Albert finding, finding a loose puck in, in front of the net with like 20 seconds left after they just tied it up. So that was a back-and-forth game and a good result for us. So that was a fun one. This is your first time taking on the Kamloops Blazers as a member of the Kelowna Rockets. You did it a couple times with, with Seattle in your first year season here, but you know your dad played here, right? And it's probably some Blazer jerseys or something maybe downstairs or somewhere in the house. So what's that What's that logo like on the other side? Yeah, uh, it's a good organization, obviously. Uh, they've had a lot of success in the previous years and coming in this building, and I've practiced, played a lot in this rink, so it shouldn't be... Uh, Shouldn't be too foreign for me, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, should be a good game tonight. You're one again. There's another one that's making a name for himself, Joe in Edmonton. Boy, he's out to a you know he's just got a taste of it a couple of games, but uh, he's he's certainly introduced himself to the league. Yeah, it was, uh, it was fun for him to score his first one and uh, get up for the first time as a 15 year old, and uh, he'll be excited to go back whenever that opportunity comes back for him. That goal celebration too, like uh, that's a, that's a pretty confident move when you're 15 in the league. Yeah, he was he was really excited, and I'm uh, super happy for him. Hopefully, a few more to come even this year for him would be nice. You know, for fans that remember your dad, and now the two again, the boys coming up here. You know, if you know your dad's game or what he did in the NHL, uh, how do you compare or Joe compare to you know to what he did and and what of a player he was too? Yeah, he's a powerful player and gritty uh, competitor and I try to be that as well and just uh, help my team offensively as much as possible and in all areas of the ice and uh, I think those are things that he did well as well. Joe, uh, your brother, how do your two games compare? Uh, I don't know, you'd, you'd have to ask him that but I think he's a, I think he's a good, just a good offensive player kind of like me I think and he's got a good shot, good vision and uh, I think he's a pretty well-rounded player. Yeah. Your second half of the season here begins uh, 25 goals. It is your draft year. I know the cliche answer is I'm not really thinking about my draft year, but of course, it's 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 a focus for you guys. Yeah, obviously the draft is is big and I want to go as, as high as I can, but tonight focus on one game at a time and getting a win tonight for sure. Why why is it clicked for you this year? You know, I mentioned your goal total this year. It seems that you've been able to shoot the puck and, and find the opposition scored a beautiful goal on a breakaway in Seattle. But why is it clicked for you now? Oh, I'm just I'm super grateful for all the opportunity the Rockets have given me and uh, the lots of minutes and playing with really good players and uh, the coaches give me a little bit of leash, so I'm. Uh, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, and I'm just super grateful to the Rockets and uh, want to keep it going for sure. Great start to your season and uh, the Tempo WHL Player of the Week. Uh, Teach, keep it going. Appreciate you doing this. Thank you very much. Hey, that's the show. Thanks to our guests. Um, I want to wish everyone a happy new year. The WHL Radio Show returning in 2024. I'm John Keane. Thanks for listening.